This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, it's good to be back this week after a little time off for the 4th, and I hope that you and yours had a safe holiday break as well. For those of you who took to the air to get where you were going, I hope airline delays and cancellations didn't wreak too much havoc on your vacation. And for those of you who drove, well, five-plus dollars a gallon is painful for us all. This year, I saw something on the 4th that was a first for me. My wife and I headed up to some high ground to a neighborhood very close to our home where you can actually see fireworks displays from three different municipalities all at the same time. Atlanta from Lenox Mall, plus the cities of Sandy Springs and Roswell, Georgia. What added to this trifecta that made it somewhat surreal was that interspersed in the displays were some amazing cloud-to-ground lightning strikes as there were scattered storms all around the area that evening. Seeing the three fireworks displays coupled with Mother Nature's display, well, it made for quite the sight. But that's in the rearview mirror. Labor Day's coming up, and we've got a little bit of summer left in between. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Mary Jane Riva on last week's Encore. That episode aired almost one year ago to the day, but it sounded every bit as good to hear it once again. Today, we'll hear from one of my longtime peers and professional friends, Mark Mealy. For as many years as I've known him, Mark was in the children's enrichment space. But speaking of lightning in my opening remarks, well, lightning strikes twice in the same place with something I learned about Mark preparing for this interview, something that I didn't realize before. Do any of you remember when my friend Mitch Baker from Robex was my guest? And we marveled at my discovery back then, that back in the day when we were both in radio, we actually worked for the same AM-FM combo in Miami and were there at the same time, yet we never knew each other back in those days. To the best of our knowledge, we only first met years later in Buffalo when we were both in the chicken wing business and met at the Buffalo Wing Fest. I thought it amazing that we could walk in and out of the same offices and studios and never know each other for as long as we were each there. Well, today, I learned the same about Mark Mealy and me. And we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when he joins me right here on Franchise Today. But first, a quick timeout. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group. But this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. 
network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. Leadership experience in building and guiding franchise brands. That's what Mark Meanly is all about. A certified franchise executive, Mark Meanly is an accomplished corporate franchise sales and development strategist whose vision and expertise in business performance have propelled such notable franchise brands as Retro Fitness, Kumon, Huntington Learning Centers, Century 21, Country Inns and Suites by Carlson, and now Paris Baguette of North America. Mark Meanly has achieved exciting company turnarounds and is recognized for his success in growing franchise brands. He's been featured in franchise trades and publications on franchise development, franchise operations, support, and turnarounds, and he's here today to tell us all about it. Mark Meanly, welcome to Franchise Today. Uh, hi, Stan. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. It's good to hear your name and hear your voice again. I think as we were just discussing in the green room, it's probably been 2015 or 16 since the last time we've spoken, much less seen each other. Yeah, I agree. I think it uh, it has been that long. Um, you know, franchising has that uh, thing about it that <laughs> you 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 miss a few years here and there, but you don't forget the faces and the friends uh, along the way. Right. I mean, we absolutely we quickly went back to the to the mid 80s and and found out we were working for some of the same companies. We were both in the real estate world and franchising. Talk about your good times. I'd rather forget a couple of those years anyway. What about you? Yeah, no, I I would agree. I mean, it was great to get started and to understand uh, franchising and to work for some of the bigger brands. Um, you know what I found very interesting back then, Stan, and maybe you would agree on this. It was conversion franchising right. for the most part. And and that maybe to the audience today, I don't know how many in the audience will be familiar or do a lot of conversion franchising, but that, that was a unique way to start as a franchise consultant or franchise director or manager of franchise sales. Wouldn't you agree? I definitely would agree. I think you could define it very simply as the difference between hunting and gathering. Because as conversion franchising, we would be dropped into a marketplace. You go pick up a homes magazine and you find out quickly who are the largest brokers in the market and those become your largest target. Yeah, you yeah. work your way down. Whereas most people in the world of franchising today that we know of are in the business of gathering leads and trying to find leads to talk with about opportunities. So it's much different. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, much oh, different. So let's yeah. do this. Let's before I ask you to do what I ask my guests to do every week and take us back to those glory days that franchising found you. I want to ask you if the number two thousand two hundred and twenty-six represents anything to you. Does that number mean anything? So what's the number again? Two thousand two hundred and twenty-six. Two thousand two hundred and twenty-six. You're not going to guess, so I'm just going to tell you. But yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> you got me there, Stan. <laughs> that's how many people. We have in common on LinkedIn, which tells you just how long the both of us have been around franchising, doesn't oh it? <laughs> God, you know, and that's a lot. That's that's a lot. Yeah, right? it's a big you, number. Wow, wow, that's 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 really cool. 
So what we're going to do now is let you take us back to 1918 or 1919, whenever it was that you started in franchising. Yes. <laughs> and you're going to take us back to the beginning of time and tell us how franchising found you, Mark, because we know it wasn't intentional, I'm sure. No. And it's it's great that you tee it up this way because it really gets it gets me thinking, you know, I'm trying to uh, trying to pull the pieces back together. And, and I remember I was I was working for my father and uh, had done so for for many years and through through high school and then on to uh, which would have been the start of college for me for a short time but i you know i really wanted to stay working for my father so i kind of opted out of of school and i had a great relationship with my dad through those working years but then i I, you know i just i found myself kind of growing apart from him and thought, I wonder if I should just venture out on my own and maybe I'll do that. And, you know, he taught me a lot about business. He taught me a lot about sales. And lo and behold, I I really didn't know what I was looking for. I just knew that I had the skill set for talking to people and I had a skill set for, I thought, I thought it was pretty good for sales. And there it was. And back then in the early eighties, it was, it was the newspaper. I saw this uh, in the Cleveland, Cleveland newspaper. I was living in Ohio. I saw Century 21 was looking for franchise salespeople. And I think, I don't even know if they use the word sales, but franchise managers, managers of maybe it was development, but, but I went in, I, I called and then I went in for the interview and I found out, wow, this is a franchise company, of course, uh, Century 21. And I started to get familiar with franchising and the brand and did a lot of studying. And I was hired and out of the Ohio region, which was up in the Cleveland area. And back then with Century 21, they were divided in, the state was divided into uh, two regions for Century 21, the North region and the South region. And I worked for a number of years, as you and I were discussing, I was there from 85 to when the hospitality franchise systems took over. And I want to say that was 94, 95-ish. They came in and bought Century 21, ERA, and Coldwell Banker. But so for, for those years, uh, 10, 11 years, um, got my got my start in, in franchising. And that's in, the, you know, the rest just through my 37 years, uh, with maybe another half a dozen brands or so, but it's it's been a great ride. And I, you know, again, franchising, you're right, it, it found me. Uh, I, w- I wasn't looking, you know, <laughs> I was looking for an opportunity, something that, you know, where I could stay with and have some longevity. And man, it's worked out really great. I'm just so glad that I said, you know, that I could go out and do something on my own. It was pretty incredible when you think about it. So how many years did you spend doing the real estate franchising deal before you moved on from conversion to a broader spectrum of franchising? Well, 85 to 95, so 10 years with Century 21, then when Hospitality Franchise Systems bought them, I moved over for a very short time, about a year and a half, possibly two years, to the uh, hotel side of HFS's business. They owned uh, hotel brands as well. And you'll remember some of the brand names when I tell you uh, Super 8, they had Days In, Nights In, Ramada, 
some of the uh, uh, lower tier brands, as well as then in time, they started a couple of newer brands like uh, Wingate and some new construction brands. I spent two years there in the hotel side of the business. And that, that was intriguing. I really liked the hospitality side of things. And you were dealing with uh, different uh, different um, people that were uh, hotel owners and some on a large scale, some smaller from an investment standpoint, what they were looking for. But it attracted me to the hotel side of the business because there were so many different brands and I, and I just loved it. So I moved on to Country Inns and Suites by Carlson and spent five years there with that company. And they were based out of Minnesota and Minneapolis. And uh, my wife and I were living in Connecticut at the time, but I would travel up to uh, Minnesota a couple times a month and work remotely. But really that, that brand, when I started in 97, had 40, 35 or 40 hotels and Country Inns and Suites was part of Carlson Companies, but uh, you'll remember, of course, the other brands that they had, Ramada, as well as some of the higher-end brands, too, that they had. But Country Inns and Suites was the new construction brand. It was all brand-new construction. And I, I really liked that. When I left when I left Country at the end of 2001 to go on to educational franchises, uh, we had 300 units on, uh, which, was, which was really cool. That was quite an accomplishment by the team. And I'm fortunate that I worked there during that time period. We had a great time putting those on the map. As I think back, Mark, I think the only place I've really ever known you has been through educational franchising. So what was the transition like for you coming out of the conversion side and doing real estate brokerage and hotels and then getting into the educational side of the business? Walk us back to those years. Yeah, it really interesting now that you're forcing me to think here, Stan, which is which is kind of cool. But I don't you know, I don't reflect back that much, right? I think I think we all get to a point in our life where you keep thinking about when you're younger, you think about the future and what's ahead of you and what you're trying to establish in your life and so forth and get to a point where I've been at this now 37 years and I'm I'm looking ahead going, okay, I'm I'm with the brand I want to be with now and I think I I want to stay here. So looking back, I would say, wow, these are really cool and great accomplishments, but it's something we don't often do. But when I left the hotel industry to go into supplemental education, it just really fascinated me that this first of all with Kumon and Kumon North America, it's a worksheet driven company that has they take a linear approach to to learning with math uh, worksheets and reading worksheets. And it's really memorization through repetition with the worksheets. But what really got me interested in Kumon was just the effect that it was having on kids. You'd see children coming into the centers and they had a deficiency in learning, whether it was math or reading. And worksheets seemed to do the trick. It, se- it seemed to help out. And I really liked what it was doing for the children that had some deficiencies in math and reading. And once they mastered a certain level, uh, it seemed to change the child completely. And and I know you can appreciate that because you, you also have that in your background with uh, supplemental education. And I just, I stayed with brands like Kumon and I found out, you know, after a number of years, of course, being being in, you know, supplemental education, that there were many more brands. And I spent five years with Kumon, and then I went over to Oxford Learning out of Canada for a short time, which was less worksheet and more a, a real curriculum. 
And I found that very interesting and then quickly found uh, Huntington Learning Centers. And I was there for a handful of years as well. And I really enjoyed what they had to offer. So it's the whole idea of helping children just kind of stuck with me for that eight or nine year period. And I really, really am very thankful that I spent time there with those brands. I learned quite a bit and very little conversion franchising there, right? Switching back to conversion for a minute. Yeah, you didn't. I quickly learned there's there's not too many people to convert there. What are some of the high watermarks that you've got memories of across those brands and being in that space. I remember the one thing that strikes me or I don't think I'll ever forget is at my time at Tudor Doctor, it was how they had to learn first how a child's learning capacities worked. Were they a visual learner? Were they an auditory learner? Were they a kinesthetic learner? To me, it was very, very important. I mean, I know as a kid, I was not the greatest student. And while ADD had not yet been diagnosed, I'm kind of certain that I was in that sphere and nobody bothered to figure out how to make me learn or how to help me learn because they didn't do the things like Tudor Doctor did, which was learn the learning style of the child first and then teach them the way they learn. I wonder how many souls have been saved by that with Tudor Doctor. Probably should check in with Frank Milner. He'll know the answer. What were some of the high spots for you? Because you worked across several brands in that space. So what are some of the takeaways that meant so much to you? Yeah, it, you know, it. it's interesting you bring that up because I think I was fascinated with the the brands that had, and most of them had an assessment, right? And you'll remember that where you'd come in and a child would take an assessment and, and each brand had their own style of doing that and what it was all about. But essentially it was going to detect the deficiencies, you know, where the child was lacking and some did it better than others. But I can tell you that was really key for the brand and for the child, to your point, it uncovered a lot and, and it uncovered what we learned that a child was suffering in math and but it was really the problem was rooted in comprehension and and you don't find that stuff out in a classroom he's suffering or she's suffering and then also another thing stan and you'll appreciate this back back in the day if we needed help we would raise our hand and, and you'd stay for extra help well it's a little bit different today right where there's there's peer pressure there's children, they think that there's something wrong if you have to stay for homework. They're embarrassed and they don't want to raise their hand for extra help. So they suffer and they fall behind. And that's the worst that can happen when you start falling behind. Well, you've given me a great segue to go to a break with so that we don't fall behind. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at the world you're in today. And it's a transition that I'm really interested in learning about and how you've moved from those places that you've been into food, which is an unusual transition. People from food can easily move out of food and into other sectors, but it's not every day that somebody finds their way into an organization the size of Paris Baguette, much less as its chief development officer for North America. And I'm interested in learning how that transition happened, where the food background came from, and we'll talk about that as soon as we come back. We're speaking today with Mark Mealy. He is the Chief Development Officer for North America at Paris Baguette, and we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. 
Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. Instead of watching the clock and their wait times, chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. And the conversation today continues with Mark Mealy, Chief Development Officer for North America at Paris Baguette. Mark, I asked you just going into the break to help me in the audience understand how you made this leap from childhood education to the restaurant side of franchising, which to me seems like a much bigger jump than the transition was from conversions in hotels and real estate brokerage to education. So tee that up for us. So it was a little bit of a jump, I would say, in 2021, uh, actually 2020, still during COVID, uh, I was trying to figure out my next move, as many of us were trying to pivot somewhere else. And I thought, you know, leaving early childhood development, uh, there's probably something else out there for me that would be, and at that time, maybe I was thinking recession uh, resistant. I know we, we use that, we throw that around quite a bit, but I, that's what was in my mind. And then I, I was flashing back to what I really liked over the years and, and early childhood development and, and supplemental education was great. But I said, boy, I wonder where would I be today if I stayed in hospitality or when I was with Carlson companies with the hotels, I had an opportunity to go over to one of their other brands, TGI Fridays. And I really liked the restaurant and hospitality sector. And I made a lot of friends over there. And I said, you know, maybe I'll look in, in the restaurant space. But just like your earlier segment, 
it found me, Stan. I thought I would look and maybe that's it. It was just, I was open to the idea and I, and I wanted to look at restaurants, but I was contacted by Paris Baguette. They were looking for to backfill a chief development officer position. And uh, they wanted to know if I knew of anyone that might be interested. And I said, wow, this is an interesting opportunity as I, as I thought about it. And I started to talk with the VP of Human Resources, got more information on it. And I said to Michelle, the VP of Human Resources, I said, Michelle, send me over the job description. I'd like to take a look at it and see. And, and I called her back and I said, you know what? I'd, li- I'd like to throw my hat in the ring for that. And the first thing that Michelle said was, okay, great. It appears you have a great background in franchising as chief development officer, as, as someone that understands the development process and so forth, but you don't have bakery cafe space in your background. And Paris Baguette is a Greek cafe. We, we bake in, in each one of our cafes. And as you mentioned, a, a global brand with over 4,000 units right now. And, and I just thought, wow, that's really fascinating. What, what a big brand I'd I think I could really get into this. So Michelle brought me through the process and what I had to do at each each level, at each C-level that I was interviewing with and, and starting with her was to convince them that what they were really looking for was someone that understood franchising, <laughs> someone that could that understood the development process, that this really wasn't about having experience in the bakery cafe space. This was about building a foundation for franchise sales, building a foundation for real estate with brick and mortar locations and building a foundation for construction and and being able to have those three particular funnels with all the various stage gates in those funnels operating at a very high level. And the goal for Paris Baguette was to open a thousand units in 10 years or less. So here it is in 2020. And by 2030, we need to have a thousand units open. That's a heavy lift. And you know yourself, when you hear numbers like that thrown around, especially if it comes out in some sort of a press release, you're always curious and you want to check back in five years and see how they're doing with that, right? So I convinced everyone that I believed at the time, my skill set was was perfect for this. I, I didn't need to understand the front of the house and the back of the house. I, I would find that out in time. I would train. I would do what it takes to, to understand what the brand's all about. But really, it was about putting the processes in place, putting franchise development in place, something the brand really needed here in the States. Globally, performing very nice. The U.S. was the big weakling. And that's what I've done, Stan, in a very short period of time, 20 months now. The leadership, my leadership, the other C-level people in this building, believing what I was doing and what I'm doing and hiring the right staff, putting the right people in place to do just that, to build this foundation for franchising. And we've been able to put that in place and, and we're turning some big numbers and opening up a lot of cafes right now. So it's it's going well, Stan. And I loved the first three weeks, three and a half weeks of my onboarding. I I actually forced myself to stay another week and a half inside the cafe so I could understand in depth uh, a week in the front, a week in the back, and then another week, week and a half just overall so I could understand what the GMs are doing there, what the retailers are doing, what the bakers, the cakers are doing. And 
it gave me a really good foundation. And at the same time, while I was training, I was assessing the whole team, assessing who's going to stay, who's not going to stay, where do I need to fill in the gaps? And Stan, you'll understand it's it was basic blocking and tackling, right? You need the foundation for franchising, the lead generation, everything that comes with that first funnel. If you can't execute and bring in high quality franchisees, you'll certainly never get to a point where you have a real estate funnel, right? We need to have executed leases as well. And that executed lease funnel fills the construction funnel. So when I when I look back at 20 months, I'm like, okay, wow, we've come a long way in a short period of time. And really it's been interesting because the, the rest of the company, you know, you, you, you look at franchise development uh, for everything I just said, for all of the different processes and what we're responsible for, what our area of operation is. But you think about how that affects training, how that affects operations, how that affects supply chain, human resources, and marketing. Every other department within this building was after the first 10 months, 12 months, and they saw the numbers we were putting on the board, they quickly said, we better get going here. The, the train's leaving the station and Mark and the team are on the train here. So, so it's been just absolutely mind-blowing to see this now we have this team and it's it, the whole company is the team. They're all putting things in place to make sure that they could make that thousand units happen. We've executed 185 franchise agreements in the last 20 months. Those are major numbers. And we have 50 in various stages of construction right now. So it's just great. I am so happy with this brand. It's just unbelievable. What an opportunity, Stan. I feel so good. Well, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the franchise side of your life at Paris Baguette. But first, let's spend a minute or two just talking about the consumer side and the value proposition to the consumer. What is it about the brand that lights it up for a consumer who has so many choices in the marketplace for menus that have similar offerings to yours? A very interesting question and a, and a great one. Paris Baguette is, we're a French-inspired bakery and we've been baking since 1945 we want each one of our locations to be able to bake within the location and they will that's that's what we are we're a bakery and if you look across the board at other fast casual brands or casual theme brands that that had done some baking in the past those bakeries have all but gone away now you'll have some competitors that are still considered competitors because they sell pastries or they sell cakes or other desserts or, or sandwiches. But for the most part, Stan, they've turned themselves into eateries. So if you think about some of the competitors that might even have the name bakery in their in their name, they're not really baking inside the four walls, which is interesting. So each day in our cafe, and you talk about the guest and what the guest expects, when they walk in to a Paris baguette, they're seeing everything that's out in front of them presented in such a way where it's just incredible. Tables of fresh baked pastries and breads and cakes, gourmet sandwiches. Of course, coffee is there to complement everything. We're we're a bakery that, that sells coffee and other beverages where some of the competitors are coffee shops that have some baked goods, right? So the difference is walking in and seeing the 100 plus items, 150 items that are baked. And it, it kind of reminded me a little bit when I first walked into a Paris baguette, I got the feeling that this is really a fun and happy place to be as, as a guest when you walk in because it is pastry, it is dessert, it is bread, it is food, it is 
consume it consumables right there on the spot. But it makes you feel good to go in there. I guess it's the sight and sound. It's the you smell fresh baked goods. I don't know. When when I was growing up, Stan, my when my mother would bake bread in the house, it was kind of a cool thing and it happened a lot, right? Or when we went up to the corner bakery on the weekends or whatever, I'd go with my brother and my father and we we'd hit the bakery and the deli and so forth. But what a special thing. And those bakeries are all they're all but gone. So so it's great to 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 have this brand, which we're gonna stay true to our roots here as a bakery. So the guest feels so comfortable coming in because it's it's an experience. And and I think we're just now starting to as I mentioned earlier in the US starting to blow up here in the US. People are we're really putting these in a lot of good areas so that people can understand who we are, what we do and what they can expect. So a great, great undertaking. Well, you've teed up another great segue for me because that takes us into franchise development. And who is it that you're looking for and what kinds of opportunities are you offering? Yeah, so we'd absolutely love to have the individual or individuals that have had restaurant experience in their background. However, if they don't have restaurant experience in the background, but they've owned another business, another franchise, operated it successfully, we'll certainly consider them for a Paris baguette. The brand really is is a wonderful opportunity from a, a single unit standpoint or for the restaurateur that wants to add Paris baguette and wants to add a bakery to his or her, her portfolio. It becomes a great opportunity for an area development agreement, which is really for us, it's not area developer, it's area development, which is multi-unit, where they could develop four in a trade area or six or eight in a trade area. And we love that opportunity as well. The average size cafe for us, moving up now to to almost 3,000 square feet. We like a bigger front of the house. We like a little bit bigger of a back of the house too. So maybe that's split up where you have 12 or 1,400 in the back of the house and then maybe 15, 1,800 out front. But those cafes really perform well and the guests love to come in and sit down and enjoy their coffee and their pastry or their sandwich or salad at, at lunchtime too. So again, I think it's a perfect opportunity for restaurateurs to add this to their portfolio. If they think about the bakery business and what's involved there, they quickly see the high quality of the Paris Baguette offering. Uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. And they know a lot of the brands are not baking any longer where they've become eateries. So so having a, a pure bakery is, is kind of appealing to them. Mark, I know you weren't there in COVID years, but how did COVID impact Paris Baguette? And how has the post-COVID era recovered? We were impacted, but I will tell you as a food brand, the cafes remained open. When the states or the local governing bodies said the business could stay open, we did what we could to stay open. And I think a lot of brands maybe didn't stay open. We were fortunate that we could, not only corporately, because we own 26 corporate units and the balance of the 100 plus that we have in the U.S. are franchised, but our franchisees stayed open as well when they could. And that gave us great exposure. It gave us great guest loyalty. Our pivot was probably trying to see what we could do from a delivery service standpoint. But what I heard and and what I've learned now uh, by coming on and, and flashing back to those times was that the guest loyalty became really stronger because we did stay open. If you think about our offering with 
the desserts, pastries, the breads. People want to feel good. Going through times like that, the frozen treat industry did well. Grocery stores obviously did well. And Paris Baguette did well because of the fact that, again, the desserts, the cakes, the pastries, and just the day-to-day, the sandwiches, the salads, I think people saw it as more of a necessity. And, and they did feel good about coming into the cafe. The recovery, if there were some downward moments and everybody had them, the recovery has been great. We are comping better than even 2019 numbers right now to compare to 2020 or 2021. We did well in 21. We're comping now in 2022 with some record numbers. Everything is up across the board. Our Manhattan cafes, where we own and operate 12, as well as the franchise locations, the, the owners, as we always say, the proof is in the pudding, right? When, when the franchise owners come back and say, hey, we'd like another unit here or another unit there. That's when you have a really good brand and you know it, when they keep coming back for more units. And we have that right now, which is incredible. So to me, that's almost better than an item 19. In fact, probably it is better than a good item 19 because nothing succeeds like success. And when you have franchise owners asking for more, that telegraphs quite a strong message to a candidate coming in from the outside. Mark, what have I not asked you that at this juncture as we're getting close to turning the final corner here? What have I not asked you that you might wish I did? And when, when we're going to get together and have lunch? Where is a no-brainer? We'll do that at Paris Baguette, right? We could we could do that at Paris Baguette. But yeah, I'd love to see us, Dan. It was great when the opportunity was put in front of me for, for your show. I was thrilled. And I said, oh, this is going to be great because Stan and I, we haven't talked for a long time. But again, tied to this magical industry that we're all a part of here in franchising, it's easy for us to reconnect. And I would just tell you that I look forward to that day sometime soon with all these events now coming up and we've been seeing them for the last six months, eight months, 10 months, where I'm sure we're going to see each other soon. But no, Stan, it was a very, very good interview. I loved this. It was great. And I so look forward to spending some more time with you and breaking bread with you at a a location somewhere and sometime soon. Well, let's make that a reality, Mark. Until then, how about some contact info for the audience that may want to learn more? Yeah, sure. They can find us, obviously, on on the web at uh, parisbaguette.com. And from there, click down on the CR menu. You can see the locations and then click on franchising if you're interested in franchising with us. But yeah, we've got uh, over 100 locations now. And uh, again, it's going to be really interesting to see the ride as we put more of these units in the lifestyle centers around the country in the top 25 to top 40 U.S. cities. So it's a great thing. So thank you so much, Dan. Well, I'm looking forward to giving the menu a try. You've got a couple here in the Atlanta area, but they're both in the northeast of me. I'm looking for something a little closer to Cobb or Fulton County, Mark. So we'll get on that, will you? I'm jumping on it right now. We'll have the the team down there today. Yes, sir. Mark Mealy, Chief Development Officer in North America for Paris Baguette. This has been a real pleasure, and thanks for joining us, Mark. Thank you, Stan. My pleasure. Well, there it is. That's a wrap for today. Next week, I'm back to do it all again when we are joined by Tom Gordon, co-founder, president, and CEO of the wildly popular Slim Chickens. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. 
Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.